0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 6th, 2016. You are with me, Psalm 23 5.
1: Welcome. Welcome to week four of a season that we call Lent. Lent is a season in the church that began on Ash Wednesday back in February. And it runs until Easter. It's a season of time where we do some personal introspection. We dig deep. We focus on what Jesus has done for us and our desperate need for a Savior. We're on a journey with Jesus as Jesus um, walks toward the cross where Jesus gives his very life for you and for me. And then on Easter Sunday, we celebrate the glorious resurrection where death has no sting. Jesus conquered death alone. And so our focus during this season is Psalm 23. We are reminded that the Lord is with us.
0: Good morning, Connection Community Church. I'm Alan Jones.
1: And I'm Carrie Jones. And we're
0: two sinners who've been saved by God's grace in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, I just want to say thank you for bringing us together this morning, opportunity to worship together. We celebrate your holy name as we celebrate what you've done for us, as we celebrate your love, your unconditional love and grace in our lives. Please help us to be open. To what you have for us this morning. Please help us to ever be focused on you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All Connection Church said, amen. Amen. So, if you would, join me in the words in the, with the blue background. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me.
1: The Lord, the Lord protects and the Lord provides, nourishing our bodies, engaging our minds, our hearts, and our souls. The Lord is with us and brings us comfort as we walk through those deepest, darkest valleys of life. As the shepherd cares for his sheep using his rod and staff, so our shepherd, Jesus, cares for each one of us and provides care and comfort.
0: Hmm. Again, join me in the words in the blue, please. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows.
1: In his book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, Philip Keller shares that some of the best sheep grazing in the world takes place on mesas. Mesa is a flat space with, uh, on a mountain with steep Sides. Mesa is a word in Spanish and Portuguese. It's a word for table. Table. These mesas are hard to reach. They're tough to get to, but an energetic and aggressive shepherd would do what it takes to get to these mesas looking for the rich green lush grass where his sheep could, could feed and could be. The shepherds also looked for any plants that might be uh, poisonous, considered evil. The shepherd would take care of that, get rid of them to protect his sheep.
0: Mm. And so as the shepherds uh, look throughout these mesas for rich grass areas and for protecting the sheep from uh, dangerous, uh, poisonous weeds and such... um, uh, as, as the shepherds do that, so the Lord prepares a table, a mesa, if you will, for you and for me. The table prepared for us is, is a banquet table, a, a smorgasbord of good things, the, the things the Lord brings to the table that the Lord brings into our lives. For, for those who are hungry… He brings nourishment. For those who are hurting, he brings healing. For those who are broken, he brings wholeness. For those who are lonely, he brings friendship. For one and all, he brings unconditional love and forgiveness. For, for Carrie and May, as, as the shepherd uh, f- helped us find some new grazing area when we moved from Seaford to Middletown, what the Lord brought us was a banquet of believers, 14 families. Fourteen families looking for new grazing ground as well to help share uh, the word of Christ with many, many other people. And so over the years, this banquet table that the Lord has offered to us here, connection has grown and grown and grown. And so this banquet of believers now encompasses a whole lot more families, including all 'all. y'all. Amen? Amen. In Isaiah 25, verse 6, we read, of one of God's banquets on a mountain.
1: Actually, we're going to look at verses 6 through 8. This is the message version. But here on this mountain, God of the angel armies will throw a feast for all the people of the world, a feast of the finest foods, a feast with vintage wines, a feast of seven courses, a feast lavish with gourmet desserts. Now you're talking. Yeah. And here on this mountain, God will banish the pall of doom hanging over all nations. Yes, he'll banish death forever. And God will wipe the tears from every face. He'll remove every sign of disgrace from his people wherever they are. Yes, God says so.
0: You know, Jesus, um, several times uses this idea of banquets in his parables and these stories that he would tell that would show a greater truth, simple stories that show a greater truth. And in fact, he attended many a banquet himself. Uh, he performed his first miracle at a banquet, uh, at a wedding feast, and you've, many of you have probably heard the story where he turned water into wine so that the host would not be publicly humiliated as the guests consumed all of that beverage that they'd started with. In the the 14th chapter of the book of Luke, that's the third book in the second half of the Bible in the New Testament, Jesus shares a parable, shares a story of a banquet. And his purpose in this story is is to share the importance, the value of humility he, he, he uses this parable to share the idea that each and every individual has value in the Lord. And Jesus' banquet, the ultimate banquet, the heavenly banquet, you know, that banquet's going to be a whole lot more inclusive, a whole lot more colorful, a whole lot more diverse than most of the banquets that we're a part of, that we celebrate, that we invite people to in the here and now you know and and, and it's really important for us to take note of that especially as we have these banquets now looking toward the ultimate banquet in the future amen Mm -hmm. amen
1: so let's continue with psalm 23 will you say the blue uh, part with me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies So David was the writer of this psalm and many of the psalms in the Bible. David was a shepherd, and so he knew what it was about to prepare the table, the mesa, for his sheep in the presence of the sheep enemies, like poisonous plants and and animals. David, as king, had a lot of enemies as well. In fact, many of the psalms are written as David cries out to the Lord for comfort and protection against his enemies. Some of these enemies, uh, two of them included the previous king, his name was King Saul, as well as his very own son, Absalom. He knew what it meant to find favor with the Lord. The Lord was his shepherd And the Lord did prepare a table for David in the presence of David's enemies.
0: As the shepherd prepares the mountain for the sheep, paying special attention to those geographical enemies as well as the biological enemies of the sheep, so the Lord prepares a table for me before you in the presence, in the midst of it. In front of the eyes of our enemies, and most especially our number one enemy, and that would be Satan. Thus, the Lord claims us, the Lord celebrates us, the Lord elevates us right in the face of the evil one. (laughs) In effect, saying, "This this one's mine, this one's mine, this one's mine, this one's mine, this is mine. This one is mine! (laughs) And God celebrates you with this banquet right before Satan's eyes. This
1: one's mine. Say it with me. You anoint my head with oil. Anointing has many meanings, and David was familiar with what anointing meant. Now, on one hand, royalty, kings, were anointed with oil. That happened to David when David was just a mere boy, when he was a very uh, young boy. The previous king, King Saul, although he was a man head and shoulders above those around him, he was not quite big enough enough. He was not up for the job as king. He was not a great king at all. And so while he was still on the throne, God instructed his prophet Samuel to make a change. He instructed Samuel to fill his horn with oil. And then he sent him to the house of Jesse. Jesse lived in Bethlehem. You may have heard that because we talk about the house of Jesse in Bethlehem in the lineage of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this is where the Lord had chosen, in Jesse's house, the future king. And Samuel was to go there and anoint the king. One by one, Jesse had a lot of sons, and one by one Jesse brought The son's in before Samuel to be anointed. He started with his oldest son, Eliab. When Samuel saw Eliab, the first son, which would make a lot of sense to be the king, he thought to himself, surely the Lord's anointed stands here Mm -hmm. before the Lord.
0: But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because... I've rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance. Say the rest with me. But the Lord looks on the heart.
1: Yeah. So can you imagine the scene? One son, son number two, son number three. And it goes on and on. Oldest, youngest, and they were not God's anointed. Seven sons brought before Samuel. And then Samuel said to Jesse... Well, are there any more sons? Are there any more boys? And he was told, Well, yeah, there's one out in the field. He's the youngest. He's tending to the sheep. And Samuel told Jesse to send for him.
0: Mm. And so Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, This is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there Among his brothers, can you imagine what the brothers were thinking? (laughs) Samuel took the flask of olive oil, he had brought, and he anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And then Samuel returned to Ramah. And, And so David was anointed king, very young, several years later, took the throne
1: and so kings and lead leaders were anointed. That's why we call Jesus the anointed one. It's what Messiah means uh, in Hebrew and in Greek. It means anointed one. Jesus is anointed to be our king, our leader, and our Lord.
0: Mm. But David was also familiar with anointing for medicinal for healing purposes. You know, it's like we use oil now uh, in terms of healing as a symbol of healing, of God's healing. And this was very uh, on-the-spot healing, where you would use it for cuts or for scrapes to, 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 um, to ease the pain, but also to bring on and encourage healing. And so, with his sheep, if a sheep was cut or if a predator had attacked and say the head had gotten scraped up, that David would anoint that sheep with oil, literally pour it on to help ease, not only ease the pain, but to encourage the healing of that animal.
1: So our good shepherd, our great shepherd, anoints us with oil, figuratively speaking. He offers us signs of leadership, signs of grace, just as Samuel offered David. But the Lord also brings healing to our wounded souls. The Lord brings forgiveness to our sinful selves. And the Lord brings wholeness to our broken spirits.
0: Mm. And when that happens, when the Lord anoints our heads with oil, bringing healing and wholeness, faithfulness and forgiveness, well, we are then made new. Old is gone, new has come. We're new creations in Christ, as we read in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And when this happens, as Psalm 23 shares, as this happens, our souls are filled, and not just filled, but filled to overflow, overflowing. You know, we talk about, is the glass half empty, or is it half full? This isn't half empty or half full. This isn't even all the way full. This is full to overflowing overflowing with so much it can't be contained in the glass so full and yet god has even more for us more than full so full and there's plenty more where that came from my cup your cup overflows in the lord
1: wow what does that mean what does that look like in our lives Well, it means that we can have peace in all situations where things are absolutely chaotic around us. We can still experience peace that passes all understanding. It means that we can have faith when our circumstances just absolutely scream against it. We can still have faith. Faith is a decision, not a feeling. It means that God generously blesses each one of us, and then we in turn bless others, generously sharing those blessings. You know, in our culture, we are so misguided. We believe that what we have is ours, and we clench things so tightly in our fists. But what we're talking about, our cup overflowing, is when we release. Because we know that it's all God's. It's not ours. It's all God's. And so it all spills out from our cup overflowing. And then it blesses those around us. It blesses others. Not a single drop that overflows is wasted. Ever. Ever. Because it flows out of our cup, into others.
0: Hmm. And so our question for the day is this, how about you? How about you? Is is God preparing a banquet, a banquet table for you in front of your enemies, (laughs) anointing your head with oil, filling your cup to overflowing, because that's the plan. That's His plan. That's what God wants for you. The question is, are you ready for it? Are you ready to receive it? Are you open to it? Are you looking for it? Are, are your hands open? Is your heart open? Is your soul, your mind open? Because that's what God has in store for you. In fact, God's already made it happen in the person of Jesus Christ. So it's already a done deal. The banquet's already been, it's already laid out. The anointing has already happened, and the cup's been overflowing for 2,000 years (laughs) in the person of Jesus Christ. And the thing is, all you have to do is come to the banquet. All you have to do is receive the anointing. All you have to do is say, wow, my cup's overflowing. All you have to do is stop saying no. (laughs)
1: No, I don't. I just don't want an overflow. All you got to do
0: is stop saying no. Really? Isn't that right, Jack? Jack had a talk one time. said you know, all I all I had to do was stop saying no.
1: We use that a lot, by the way.
0: <laughs> I stop saying no, and and in, in in so doing, you're saying, yes, Lord, yes. Yes, I'm yours. I'm your. I'm I'm a I'm a dumb sheep, Lord. <laughs> I need a shepherd. And I have a amen. And I'm speaking for all y'all, too, you know. <laughs> That's not just Alan. <laughs> That's all y'all. I'm a dumb sheep, Lord. And I need a shepherd. I need a shepherd for direction. I need a shepherd to pull me out of those places I've so foolishly gotten myself into. And what I'm especially looking forward to is that banquet, that anointing, that cup overflowing. And stop saying no, Lord, and saying, yes, Lord, yes, I'm yours. Say it with me. I'm yours. I'm yours. One more time. I'm yours. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray. The most holy God, wow. Banquet. <laughs> Anointing. Overflowing cup. It sounds almost too good to be true. And actually it is. If it we're up to us. But it's up to you. I pray that each and every person here will stop saying No. Lord, I pray today that those who have said no to that relationship with you today would be the end of the no, and the beginning of an opening up to your possibilities in their lives through Jesus Christ, the beginning of a relationship with the Lord and Savior, the ability to say, yeah, I'm a dumb sheep in need of a shepherd. Lord, (laughs) I can't shepherd myself. I need you, Lord. I need you as my shepherd in my life. Please come. Please be my shepherd and please lead me. We ask these things in your name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life He offers.